you know, Geo's about as funny as they come. I just, I don't know. I've been with Geo for five years now, or whatever it is, doing this show. And I keep telling him he's got to talk on the air when he says funny things to me. And he just, he just, he won't do it. And I understand this, why he says he won't do it. But I wish he would, because he's just funny. Him and Fran are just, fu- they're probably the funniest two people on, certainly not me. <laughs> probably the funniest two people on the show. And it's who you hear from the least. But anyway, so. But you're absolutely right on what you said to me right before the show, G. If that happens, let me know. <laughs> so, and we'll get to that at 820. Um <laughs> Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Big show tonight. Lots to do. A lot of important things to cover. And a new segment. Oh, really? Debuts here on the show tonight. And it's um, it will be great despite the host, me, duh. And um, it's just going to be great. Uh, because of Geo and because of... Um, well, what it is, it's just going to be great. You're going to love it. I guarantee you're going to love it because it has to do with you, the audience. The live from Studio 6B audience, the best audience in television. Uh, the smartest audience as well. And uh, we're, we're coming to you. So uh, Rick Delgado sitting in for Paul Nolan, who's uh, at the Islanders game. And unfortunately, I hear they're winning. And that's, <laughs> yeah. just, that's just really too bad. Five, three. Five to three. The Islanders are now winning, which means if they win tonight... We're going to miss Paul uh, for another four nights or seven nights or whatever the hell it is. Right. So for the next series. So they can't lose by enough. 5-3 now. (laughs) Let's hope the final score is 15-5, the other team. But maybe not. Uh, What's coming up in the news, Rick Delgado? Anything? Uh, uh... Well, there's a bunch of different things we could talk about, including California, where nine people were killed in San Jose today. I'm sure you heard about that. I did hear about it, and it's obviously... A tragedy, terrible, and of course it'll be the Democrats never let any of these things go to waste, so it'll be um, interesting that it's the same day that Biden's nominee for um, was in his nominee for whatever position he's there for was in front of the Senate confirmation, I guess, hearing, and he's up for banning AR-15s, and all, I mean, he's just, he's all in for taking oh, yeah. your guns, boy. He is all in. And we'll get to some video of that. And I heard the dummy governor of California. There's just no one dumber. Well, the mayor of New York is. I mean, well, every time I say that, I think of Pritzker. I think of Whitmer. I think of de Blasio. I think of Cuomo. You really can't say that when you talk about Democratic operatives here, Democratic uh, representatives from California specifically. But, I mean, he's just, he's out there. Well, it's, uh, we got to... we got to, uh, you know, these, uh, it's not a pandemic, it's an endemic and it's uh, gun control and it's this. And it's like, well, hey, hey, pal, why don't you start by trying to put the criminals in jail or keep them there? Stop releasing them. How about that for starters? That's a novel idea. Before you just start attacking the rest of our, the rest of us and uh, our God-given rights. How about that? So, uh, but it's, yeah, it's a terrible story. We'll, 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 we'll get that in the news. Uh, what's coming up in sports, Rick, besides the stupid Islanders? <laughs> yeah, they're up 5-3 right now. That's six yeah. minutes to go in the second period. Out on the island, Nassau Coliseum, our own Paul Nolan is on location. Uh, well, breaking news today, Big D. We got another match coming up. How do you like this one? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be taking the course with uh, Bryson DeChambeau. And taking on Tom Brady and Lefty. And they're going to have a, uh, another tournament, another uh, July 6th. 
pay-per-view would have been Bryson DeChambeau and whoever against Bricks Kepka yeah. and somebody. Yeah, that's that. worth paying for because those two would come to blows for sure. <laughs> Absolutely would come to blows. Absolutely. And I got a story tonight on why Madison Square Garden is for the birds tonight as the Knicks take on the Hawks. Okay. Maybe the, I wonder if the dumb mayor of New York City is going to be there. <laughs> he would get booed even out of the garden. He would get booed out of there so bad. It wouldn't even be funny. So, All right, all that coming up. Plus, like I said, new segment here on the show. Debuts here in the next segment coming up. So don't miss that. Uh, lots to do. I've got a crazy town tonight. I've got five minutes, which is longer than I like to play videos of, five straight minutes. But it's worth it because you're going to see Fauci squirm like, well, like the weasel that he is under the questioning of uh, Senator Kennedy today. And Francis Collins, F- Fauci's boss, by the way, was there as well. And one of the things that comes up at the very end of his questioning is my lead story tonight, and that was Biden shut down Trump administration probe into the origins of COVID-19. Now, I'm not patting ourselves on the back here and saying that we were first in, you know, to even start bringing this back up, but we have talked about this now. Before this was all in the news again, we have talked now for the better part of probably two and a half to three weeks before the Wall Street Journal report came out, before all this came out, about the fact that not one of these media uh, nerds ever asked Biden. They used to ask Trump all the time, oh, what's China going to pay? What are you going to do here? Uh, what are you going to do there, Mr. President Trump? What are you going to do? Are you going to let him get away with this? What, how's China going to pay? And, of course, he said, well, when the time is right, I'll deal with China. As he, as he dealt with them like no one else ever did, by the way. And so here, here comes Gramps in, in, and we've been talking about, you never hear any questions about, well, what, what are you going to do? With, well, we know why they don't ask questions, because Biden's with the uh, murderous dictator over there. And as he tells us his resume all the time, he spent more time with him than anyone else. So we've been talking about this for the last three weeks, just because I've just, I've noticed he never gets any questions about it. And now what's happened here in the last four or five days? He's getting this, questions. This about. whole story has exploded <laughs> about the origins of COVID-19 and what he's going to do about it. Well, he's going to do nothing about it. That's what he's going to do. And now we find this story today that not only is it not on his mind now, but it was on his mind back then to try to kill it, of leaving looking into it. So this is the story from Breitbart this morning. President is actually from, they're quoting CNN. President Joe Biden shut down. A State Department probe this spring into the origins of COVID-19 in China that was launched by the Trump administration under Secretary of State Mike Pompeo last fall. Last year, concerns voiced by President Trump that COVID-19 might have escaped from a lab in Wuhan, China, were dismissed by media fact-checkers as conspiracy theories. Though that's absolutely right. Not only did they shut him down and attack him viciously, as, of course, they did every day. That was their only job. They woke up. How can we get them today? That was all they thought about. But not only that, but they attacked anybody in the media who talked about it. Uh, if, you, if you talked or posted about it on social media, you got deplatformed. You got called a right-wing conspiracy theorist. You got called a nut. Guys on this show got called nuts from yeah. me, <laughs> by the way. He even played a song about it. Oh, just because, you know, I just wasn't ready to go there until we had at least some facts. These guys were ready to go there on day one, which is fine. But guess what? They ended up being right. Eh, you kind can tell some, some, some things don't smell right, so you got you to gotta kind of go down that road. 
Um, so these uh, now, however, these concerns are now gaining traction. The Biden administration has said it wants China to be more transparent. Well, <laughs> I mean, that good luck. I, I could talk to the wall over here and tell that I want <laughs> to be more transparent. It has about the same effect. Just telling she that you want them to be more transparent. And they want the World Health Organization to conduct an independent inquiry. Well, that's like Paul, <laughs> that's like Paul once said in this show. I, I think I'm going to get it wrong. It's like asking the Castellanos to, to um, you know, to, to, to look into the Gaudis or, or Gaudis look into the Castellanos, whatever the, I mean, you're not going to, there's nothing's going to come from that. The WHO is owned by China. The, the leader, this guy who runs the WHO is in China's pocket. So this idea that we hold the WHO, this is why Trump got out of the WHO. Of course, Biden was, quo. we got to get back into that, of course. The idea that they're going to do anything, I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? It's laughable, especially because, you know, like you just said, the, the guy who runs the WHO is in the back pocket of, the, of China. He was it, handpicked, I believe. By them. Yeah, and he's a former terrorist. This guy used to kill people and blow them up. And now he's running the, the World Health Organization. And you think you're going to get something really um, honest and transparent from these people? No, they're grifters. It's, they're criminals. It's laughable. It's, like, it's, it's on the same level of thinking Nancy Pelosi is going to run the Independent Commission to look into January 6th, by the way. Yeah. It's about the same thing. It's all about controlling the narrative. If they can control it, they can tell you what it was, and you have to believe it because, well, they're the authority, and you know you can't question the authority right there, Nazi Nancy. The existence of the State Department inquiry and its termination this spring by the Biden administration, neither of which has been previously reported, comes to light amid renewed interest in whether the virus could have leaked out of a Wuhan lab with links to the Chinese military. The Biden administration is also facing scrutiny of its own efforts to determine if the Chinese government was responsible for the virus. Those involved in the previously undisclosed inquiry, which was launched last fall by the allies of then Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, says it was an honest effort to probe what many initially dismissed, that China's biological weapons program could have had a greater role in the pandemic's origin in Wuhan, according to two additional sources. Hope John Cena is listening to this, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, half a million people dead from this, released by this uh, murderous regime that would never apologize for anything, by the way, John. Uh, but their inquiry quickly became mired in internal discord amid concerns that it was part of the broader politicized effort by the Trump administration to blame China and cherry pick facts to prove. A theory. Ironically, then-candidate Joe Biden and others criticized President Trump during the 2020 campaign for allegedly having dissolved, quote-unquote, the White House pandemic unit. In fact, it was actually reorganized in ways that uh, advocates had made it much more effective. But, I mean, Biden, they have no interest in that. No. Uh, Biden also claimed falsely that Trump had rolled over for the Chinese, which is just laughable, given the administration he served in as vice president for eight years and every other Democrat who's ever been in that office. I mean, to, to accuse Trump of rolling over, that's a joke. And that he did not ask China to allow the U.S. to investigate the coronavirus. Now, see, I brought this up the other day. These are the same people who accused Trump of that. 
and and Jen Pisaki, the P is silent, is asked um, in the briefing room the other day about this. And what does she say? Well, you're gonna you're gonna have to go ask China that. I know we we just can't uh, just can't waltz in there. And uh, so it's the same. She's giving the same answer that they criticized the former president for. It's a joke. Now Biden has reportedly dissolved an effort to investigate the origins of the pandemic. And he has, quote unquote, rolled over for the Chinese rather than insisting that the U.S. be allowed to conduct its own investigation of how the COVID-19 virus emerged. And that's absolutely right. That's what we should be doing. And some of the questions that were asked in the briefing room, you know, I never thought there'd be a day where I thought Jen Pisaki looked like Milton Friedman or looked like uh, Einstein, but today was the day. <laughs> I was when, where's Jen Psaki when you need her? Because the girl that was in there today, Pierre, whatever, oh my God. If it could get it, I didn't think it could be worse, but it was. It was worse. <laughs> she was that bad? Her answers were, her answers to some of this, um, this, china stuff with the virus were i mean you have you had to stop and go what (laughs) what 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 did she just say all right live from studio 6p just getting started glad you're in on a wednesday night lots to do more news sports crazy town all coming up Live from Studio 6P, 17 past the hour. <laughs> well, uh, this is not a good start to the... Um... We're supposed to have a new segment, right? <laughs> We're supposed to have a new segment right now. Sunny's, okay. Sunny's side of things, Okay. starring Sunny Joy Nelson, is supposed to be right now. And okay. Sunny was ready to go. Listen to the first segment of the show. And the power just went out where she is. Oh, is that the excuse? <laughs> no, no, it's not an excuse. It's real. <laughs> it's not that... an excuse. So Gio says to me, right before the show goes on, and so Sonny, we've been prepping this, and Sonny's, you're going to love Sonny. She's fantastic. All right, so Sonny is a female. We've established that. We don't have a name for this. Now I we have the name said Sonny's side okay. of things. Well, I'm, you didn't I'm, share I'm it with us. I'm introducing it now because I was waiting for the segment to happen. It's the debut of the segment. It's got to be. It's a big debut. I'm not telling you the name before we start. But Rick and I are sitting here like, we don't know what's going Well, I don't care on. what you and Rick are doing or want to know. <laughs> it's, right. This is... We, me and Gia are the masterminds of this. Uh, it looks like it's going great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys should do more stuff together. So, of course, Sonny is a, sweet, a sweetheart. And, um, yeah, she's fantastic. Oh, and, um, hello. And I've been saying... I've been saying, well, you know, fitting in with us is like, uh, welcome to the family, I told her, but it's like some would call it the Manson family. <laughs> but, <laughs> Speak for yourself. So, um, and so G says to me right before the show, if she changes her mind after listening to you babble on for 14 minutes in the first segment, I'll let you know. Oh, <laughs> and so now the power's gone out. So yeah. G's saying, well, I kind of told you, but no, no, no. But what, she's, what was that? No, she's not backing out Geo. She's ready to go. She uh, lost power. Fran just told me he it's tried to dial her up and her number. number's now changed. What'd you say, Jay? I said it's just weird timing. I don't know. 
<laughs> so, all right, well, let's do some news and we'll hope the power comes back and we can debut Sonny's side of things, which is going to be fantastic. I'm sure it will. Sounds yes. like it. Yes, it's it off will. to a roaring start. Well, I don't need I don't need you to tell me how, what a roaring start it's on. It's going to be great, and that's all there is to it. So let's do some let's do some roaring news. Let's see how all you right. do. Let's see Put how you we under do. the microscope here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> let's do the news here. With, <laughs> with Delgado. What's well, going on? Well, since you mentioned the Manson family, I'll jump right to this story. I wasn't going to start with this, but what the heck? Yeah. An active arrest warrant has been issued for. Marilyn Manson in New Hampshire. Really? <laughs> you Do you kidding. know who Marilyn Manson is? The singer, yeah. Okay, good. All right. An active warrant has been uh, issued for Marilyn Manson. An alleged assault was reportedly uh, cited in the warrant. It was issued on, uh, it was actually issued back in October 2019. Uh, Manson, whose real name is Brian Warner, is wanted in New Hampshire for uh, for two charges of simple assault in connection with a videographer during a concert in, a- in August of 2019, according to the New York Times. The chief of the Guilford Police Department, Anthony J. Bean Burpee, say that three times fast, told the newspaper that the arrest warrant cha- charges the rocker with two misdemeanor counts of simple assault in connection with an incident at a concert at Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion in Guilford. They haven't How- been able to find him for two years? Yeah, I guess he hasn't gone back to the state. Uh, Howard King, a lawyer for Manson, told the New York Times that the venue videographer had asked for more than $35,000 after a small amount of spit came into contact with their arm, adding, after we asked for evidence of this alleged damage, we never received a reply. It's no secret to anyone who's attended a Marilyn Manson concert that he likes to be provocative on stage, especially in front of a camera. The whole claim is ludicrous, but we remain committed to cooperating with authorities as we have done throughout. Chief Burpee, however, said that Manson, his agent, and legal representatives were notified several times of the warrant, but the rockers made no effort to return to the state to answer the charges. Well, what are the charges exactly? Uh, they're saying it's simple assault. Uh, I guess it had to do with spit. Spit and maybe even a snot rocket, from what I understand. This is the lead story in news tonight. Is that what you're telling I, me? I, again, you, you mentioned Manson family. I figured I'd jump to this one. I was going to save this one for much later. but Yeah, like segue. for 10-15, hopefully. <laughs> what a segue. Yeah. Um... I don't understand the whole story. What there's a warrant for? Was he charged? He was charged yeah, with assault. He's been charged with simple assault. Two, two, two counts. Yep, and he's wanted back in the state. When it comes to Manson's situation in New Hampshire, Chief Burpee said that authorities would like the rocker to come back, take care of business, so we can move this forward. Now, when so. you're one of these guys who gets, don't you just hire an attorney to go represent you in the state? You don't have to worry about going back. Isn't that usually how it happens? That's usually how it happened. Yeah. Okay, there's something about this whole story that I'm not getting, but... Uh, well, they're suing him for $35,000 because he, he got some spit on some guy. Okay. So, there you go. All right, what else is going on? Uh, speaking of somebody who's a little bit uh, out there, top health experts at the U.S. Senate, this is from Just the News on Wednesday, claim that the Biden administration did not consult them before spiking that probe that we were just talking about that the Trump administration had started regarding the origin of COVID-19. Biden on Wednesday said he revealed in a, in a White House announcement that he had asked the U.S. intelligence uh, community to now redouble their efforts to collect and analyze information about the origins of the virus that could bring us closer to a definitive conclusion and to report back to him in 90 days. 
Yet the Biden administration, of course, as you mentioned, acts that Trump administration probe. Asked by Louisiana Senator John Kennedy during the hearing if the Biden administration had consulted him prior to spiking the probe, the coronavirus advisor and NIAH uh, director Fauci replied they did not. So, you well, that I mean, com- Biden's flip-flopped here like he's Fauci. They shut down the probe, and now he sees that um, he can't avoid the question here. And as Rand Paul said yesterday on on the water cooler with David Brody, this is going to be an ugly day for Fauci that he's going to not be able to flip-flop his way out of as as people start to continue to dig into this. And now you're even seeing, I saw something tonight that said Facebook has now decided that they're going to not, they're going to stop pulling down posts or anything that talks about the origins of COVID-19, where if you had mentioned it before, you know, people always ask why we're, sometimes we stream on Facebook, sometimes we don't. Well, here, this is the problem. Yeah. Because if you say something, their algorithm picks it up, you're, you're toast. So now they've, Facebook has now decided, as, as the arbiter of truth that they are, of course, um, now that they can't avoid it because now you're even seeing prominent Democrats in left-wing media talk about it. Wall Street Journal has this article. Well, they can't avoid it now. Now it's not you're out of your mind. Now it's not some big conspiracy theory. Now it's being talked about in the briefing room. Now it's being talked about on MSNBC. Now it's being talked about in uh, Newsweek. Now it's being talked about in Politico. So now you can't avoid it. Well, so now Facebook's okay with it. Yeah, now, now Dr. Fauci is, is backpedaling. Now he's got to deal with some statements that he made under oath about you know what he knew and when he knew it. And I know we played some clips yesterday with, uh, with uh, Rand Paul, talking about it but uh, you know just a reminder that on just the news the water cooler show you know Rand paul basically said fauci lied to congress and he ought to be fired immediately he's been lying to us since the very beginning he said no mass work which wasn't true then he said all mass work wasn't true he's just been dishonest from the very beginning so the kentucky republican has said that uh fauci has lied so much with so-called good intention, noble lies, but he has been dishonest and he should be dismissed. So he's, well, calling, he's calling for his head. He I'm going to play out. you Senator Kennedy questioning Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. This was, I actually believe this was happened yesterday, not today, but I didn't see the footage till today. So I'll play this for you. It's about five minutes and you can decide for yourself at where and how and if you think Fauci's lying. Because there's some pretty direct questions, especially at the end about this Biden shutting down this probe and who knew what when. It's like Nancy Pelosi on January 6th. What did she know? And when did she know it? We still don't have the answers. So if they want to do this commission, I'm good with it. She should be the first witness. As long as she's the first witness under oath. Okay, let's go. I live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. More to do. We're back right after this.
right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Make sure you follow us on social media as well, at LFS6B on Twitter. Facebook.com slash LFS6B. Follow us there. And then YouTube, uh, Parlor, all of them. Uh, and, of course, Instagram. And I'm happy now to welcome to the show a brand new segment called Sonny's Side of Things with Sonny Joy Nelson for the debut episode. G, Sonny's Side of Things. Roll it. Please welcome to the live from Studio 6B family, Sonny Joy Nelson. Sonny, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry that we had a little bit of technical difficulties earlier. <laughs> but well, Gio thought that very G- glad Yeah, here. Gio thought that maybe you listened to the first segment and thought, you know what, on on second thought, I'm let me let me keep my career intact and get that out of here. <laughs> no, no, of course not. I'm ready to get rolling. I'm I very know. excited, excited to be starting with this segment. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited. So Sonny's side of things. So Sonny and I have been talking. We we decided we would put this segment together. And because, number one, I think people watch this show because we try to talk like normal people the way they talk probably around the dinner table. And we love to be involved with the audience. We do emails. We do phone calls. We do lots of great stuff. And, and I saw Sonny actually do some other things on television. And I thought, you know, this would be a fantastic segment for Sonny to start doing, to get to the audience, ask some questions, get some responses. We'll talk about them. Uh, we're going to expand this segment into maybe doing some other things that Sonny can rant about. She's got great, powerful views on things that are passionate to her that we're going to talk about as well. So we're going to do lots of great stuff. But uh, tonight, we decided to go to the audience. So Sonny, on Instagram, you're huge on social media. So uh, what's tonight's topic? And what, what? give me a little background of what we did here. Oh, thank you. Yes. So I went on Instagram. I've been posting some question of the days, trying to get really just the opinion of the American people, because at the end of the day, they want to be heard. They want their opinions to be out there. They want people to hear their concerns. So today I went on Instagram, I posted a little graphic, put the question up there and said, what do you think about states requiring vaccine passports? And let me tell you, I got a lot of answers. I will say that most of them are against the vaccine passport, but I did have some in favor of it. So I'm excited to be going into this and sharing what the American people think. Yeah. So before we get to the responses, let's talk about this, because obviously this was um, this started to get legs. You start to hear people talk about this, obviously, as we've gone through coronavirus and we've gone through this um more and more surveillance, these governors out of control with the with the locking down of businesses, ruining of lives, not wanting to release their emergency powers. They're always finding a reason to extend these emergency powers in places like New York, Michigan, California, Illinois, Pennsylvania. We've seen that. And we've also seen more and more of the rules for thee, not for me from these same governors in all of these blue states. And then you started to hear about vaccine passports and it immediately got pushed back upon from a lot of places, but not all. Here in New York, they came out with something called the Excelsior app, which was going to allow you to put your medical information in, and people pushed back a little bit here in New York, but not obviously as blue as, as New York is, not as much as you would have thought. 
but it did get some pushback. So I guess first, tell me what you thought when you started to hear about vaccine passports. Uh, because for me, this was not about whether you got vaccinated or not. This was about the beginning of, of, of really tracking surveillance, knowing as much as they can. Once you have an app like that about vaccines, what else can go in there? Well, any information could go in there. Tell me what you thought when you first heard about it. Well, I think you're exactly right. This goes well beyond just getting a vaccine or not getting it. And I think that a lot of Republican governors saw the hand, handwriting on the wall with COVID and the shutdowns. So that a lot of Republican governors have said, you know what, we're not going to let this happen. So we have people in places like Texas and Florida and Georgia saying, you are not going to do this. This is not constitutional. You're not going to require a COVID vaccine passport for people to travel from state to state. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's really only gaining traction among very liberal places like New York and California. Yeah. All right. So we went to the people. We went to you, the live from Studio 6B audience, and Sunny went on her Instagram. We, we reposted it on our Twitter. So the question today was, what do you think about states requiring vaccine passports? Sonny, let's, uh, let's go through some of the answers. All right. Let's start with number one. This is from I Am Reckley's, and they say, lots of states banning the policy. I have privacy and tech security concerns. Now, to me, this brings up a really good point because I didn't even think about this. The tech concerns. I've read and I've heard that this vaccine passport might come in the form of a QR code on your phone, on your smartphone. So, okay, what about people that don't have smartphones or that don't want smartphones? So this just adds an entire new element to the vaccine passport. Um, and then when you think about, okay, so I show my COVID vaccine passport, I scan my QR code when I'm at the airport. Who gets that information? Is it just American Airlines? Is it Delta? Who's getting it? And, and is that a link to your entire, you know, health history? And, and, and that just goes, it's just such a slippery slope when you start allowing your personal information to go out to any and everyone. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Once it starts, it's what else, what else is this going to be, is this going to be used for? So, um, all right, let's go to number two. Okay, number two. This one comes from Mark Anthony 185 and he says, no one needs permission to travel freely inside their own country. I completely agree, as I'm sure y'all do too, but it really makes me think, okay, how many people have so easily given up their rights since COVID started? I mean, I don't know who needs to hear this, but your rights don't come from the government. They come from God and the United States Constitution. And I think it's really true that fear sells and that people have, have bought into that and they've willingly giving, given their rights back to the government. And that's just so dangerous because you start giving your rights to the government. Trust me, they're going to take them and they're going to keep them. And they're going to dangle them right in front of you the same way that Joe Biden did when he said, if you do everything right and everything that I tell you, then, well, maybe you can get together with your family for the 4th of July. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm just not sure if someone needs to remind him what the 4th of July is for, but uh, he doesn't get to make that decision. Yeah, have you have you decided if you're having a Memorial Day uh, get together, Rick Tuck? Oh, of course we are. Or are you waiting for uh, Biden and Fauci to call you? Well, I was going to wait, and then I said, <laughs> "Go scratch." Yeah. Um. So we're going to do whatever the heck we want. But Sonny's point, by the way, is um, could you imagine even a question or somebody even a year ago? Could you imagine American citizens 
uh, even contemplating this, whether you needed permission to travel. Yeah, it's insane. And and you know what's what's interesting as well is is what she brought up too is about, you know, you're born with these freedoms. This is this it's not handed to you by, you know, it's not like it's doled out by the government. Here you go, here you go. Here you're free now. You can yeah. go do this. And remember that doctor, I forget her name, that that said, "We got to make sure we get more people vaccinated." Uh, uh, before yeah. they get their liberties. Yeah, what's before, the carrot we're going to dangle? It was it's like Doctor Leanna Wynn. Yeah, yes, that that was her. Yeah, that was, that was, was her. Parenthood. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, saying, you know what? We can't let people have liberty un- until we make sure that they're healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out of here. All right, let's go and, to number. And, well, I was going to say just before we go to number three, um, this really just brings into question, or it, it highlights the fact that. You know, state elections are so important. And honestly, until COVID, state elections really were not something that I focused so heavily on. But when you've seen, you know, why are people just running to Florida? Because freedom is attractive and that's where they want to go. They're going to Texas. They're going to Florida because they want to enjoy their freedoms that they were born with. But if you do that, don't take your voting habits with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If, they're, if they're Democratic voting habits, leave those where you... By the way, I have an article here that I've had for two nights that I haven't gotten to that basically is just about that. Democratic policies have created a blue state exodus. This was in the American Spectator, which maybe I'll get to tonight. But um, you're absolutely right. All right, let's get, to, uh, let's get to number three. Okay, yes. Number three comes from Rebecca Anderson, 23. She says, I think they should. So you know who has been and who has not been vaccinated. So we can get back to normal travel way sooner than later. And this is something that I have seen, especially on my personal Facebook, on Instagram, a lot. People saying, well, let's just do it. Whatever it takes to get back to normal, you know, let's just go with it. And this, again, plays into the freedoms and where your freedoms come from. But, you know, we don't have to let the government give us our freedoms back, you know. And at what cost does this come? Do, what, at what cost do we say, okay, yes, we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it. Where does that stop? Yeah. And by the way, uh, G, put that answer back up. Who is that from? Rebecca? Is that her name? Yeah. So yeah. here's my question to Rebecca. Rebecca. Uh, if Rebecca, if you've got the vaccine and you thought that was good for you and you that was your decision, God bless. That's between uh, getting a vaccine is between you and your medical professional. I would figure that's a de- personal decision, as it is when it comes to vaccinating your kids and all of that. So your should be the parents' and decision with the doctor. If you got it, here's the thing: you don't need to worry about what the rest of us did because these <laughs> vaccines supposedly work so well. This is what's amazing about this argument. Oh, I think we should. No, no. You should, you as and as long yes. as you decide that you should, you don't need to worry about what I I decide. Right, it doesn't matter. There's, it works. There is a level of personal responsibility that comes along with this, like truly. Yeah, it's amazing. People get vaccinated and then they're worried about other people. Go up, live. Uh, hello, go live your life. You have it. It works. That's why you decided to get it. That's why you're wearing a mask after you got it. It all supposedly works so great. So go live your life and don't worry about what I'm doing. How about that? All right, let's do number four here. We got about, um, about okay. a minute and a half left. Number four. All right. Number four comes from Bit Brit, Brit, D. Moletta. She says, that they better make me one for free when I could just show my COVID vaccine card. 
This is a good point because are these things going to be free? I mean, they seem like they could be pretty high tech. If they're a QR code on your phone, um, you know, regular passports in general can be pretty expensive. Um, so this is a good point. And something also that I did not think about, is there going to be a cost associated with this? And this also, too, brings up the point, you know, I'm sure you all have seen people comparing this, that liberals pushing this agenda when they also are fully against IDs to vote. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. You give, might give, be a hypocrite, by the way, if that's your stance. Just letting you know, yeah. could be. Give us all exactly. your, your personal medical information, but uh, yeah. you know what? We, I, don't, I don't even know if you, you have a name. I don't care. Yeah, you don't can worry. Go you vote. can go, go to ahead. two precincts and just say, yeah, it's me. And don't worry about it. It's all right. All right, last exactly. question here. We got we got about 30 seconds left. Let me go around. Uh, Rick Delgado, do you think vaccine passports gets any traction in this country, yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay, Rick Amorati, do you think they get any? Resounding no. Okay. Uh, Sonny, do you think they get any traction in the end? No, I do not, especially not from the Republican-led states. Okay, very good. Uh, well, this is a this is a smash success in in my estimation, Sonny, for the debut of Sonny's side of things. Like I said, it'll be many things, questions from the audience, Sonny's view on important issues that she may just come on and talk about. Lots of stuff, maybe Sonny on the street segments that that's possible as well. <laughs> Lots of stuff to do, Sonny. Great debut. Thanks so much. We love having you part of the family here. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. And be on the lookout for our question of the day. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Every day. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. More to do. We're back right after this. Live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. Man, I love Sunny. Love that segment. We're going to do a bunch of great stuff with Sunny. She's fantastic. Got a lot of great views. Uh, you can email me at lfs6b at yahoo.com. Let me know what you thought of Sunny's side of things. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised she didn't lose power again. I was expecting that. No. Geez. You know, from her yanking the cord from her connection. No, that's not what she did. <laughs> You're just, just jealous and um, just... Uh... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm surprised. You have your own segment on I'm the show, su- by the way. I'm it's surprised new too. she didn't hang For up now. on us. Hey, it might not be his new favorite <laughs> segment anymore. <laughs> ah, that's very uh, good, it's, Rick. It's going to be relabeled. Sonny's what even is that? <laughs> Damn it, I'm out. Yeah. It's now time for the worst segment on the show. <laughs> that is Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I have to change up my intro a little bit. All right, let's, uh, let's go fine. with uh, sports with oh, Sonny. All right, let's do sports. <laughs> yeah, it's time to do sports. <laughs> Yeah, the job too. With the kiss of death, oh, yeah. <laughs> at least when it comes to my football games. Bachi morte. How's your uh, Islanders doing? Are they still winning? Yes, they're up five to three. Uh, third period, bad. Fifteen minutes to go in the game. Islanders uh, super. Big D, they had two goals within 14 seconds in the mm. second period. Islanders usually, second period is their rough period, but they're up 5-3. Uh, however, there's a thing in hockey called the dreaded two-goal lead, and they have that right now, and Paul Nolan's going to shoot me for saying that. I feel the same <laughs> about that as I do if you tell me Rory McIlroy got a hole-in-one. So, All right, let's do some sports here with Rick Amorati. What's going on? All right, well, let's get to the, uh, the hardwood NBA uh, playoffs. 76 is right now with a commanding 90-75 to lead over the Wizards. This is game two. Sixers are looking to take a 2 
nothing commanding lead. Third quarter, late third quarter. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons both have 20 points each to lead the Sixers and all scorers tonight. In the Garden, uh, well, the Knicks' favorite villain, Trey Young, leads all scorers with 17 as the Hawks are up by nine over the Knicks, 52-41. That game's got a long way to go, too. That's in the second. Uh, Atlanta won that game one on uh, on Sunday that we reported on, on that floater by Trey Young, uh, and they're looking to go up 2 nothing in the Garden. And I got a great story about Trey Young. A little bit later. And game two uh, tonight at 10 p.m., the Grizzlies visit the Utah Jazz. Jazz, the number one seed in the West, is looking to get that series even. They're a good team, and they're one of the favorites to win it all. So we'll see. Memphis right now has been a really good upstart. So that's a 10 p.m. tip. Um, NHL action, as we mentioned earlier, Islanders still leading the Penguins. Last time I had the opportunity to check, 5-3 to three in the third period. And the Lightning are up one nothing over the Panthers. That series right now is 3-2. to two. Tampa's looking to close that out. And the Islanders series is also up 3-2, to two, and they're looking to close that out on the island. One more game in action, puck drop in just about 10 minutes. It's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights out to visit the Minnesota Wild in St. Paul, Minnesota. And that game, again, tips at 9. The Knights are looking to close the series out 3-2. to two. That has been a hotly contested uh, playoff series as well. So we'll check that out. I'll have scores and updates in my next segment later on. Major League Baseball, we've got a few games going on tonight. A couple of finals earlier today. The Twins 3-2 over the Orioles. Uh, Michael Pineda with the win for the Twins. We had the Cardinals 4-0 shutting out the White Sox. John Grant for the Cardinals with the win there. We have the Athletics 6-3 over the Mariners. And that was James Caprillin for the A's with the win. And the Angels 9-8. Real pitching duel there over the Rangers. That went final as well. And that's Griffin Camming with the dub there. Uh, Fifth inning, Cubs over the Pirates 3-0. Also in the sixth now, Phillies and Marlins tied at 1. Nationals 3-0 over the Reds. That's in the fourth. Braves 4-3 over the Red Sox, bottom fifth. Rays 1-0 over the Royals, that's in the sixth. Indians, Tigers, nothing, nothing, sixth. Padres and Brewers tied at one in the fourth. Dodgers and Astros also tied at one in the third. One more game, 940 uh, first pitch. Giants go out to Arizona, take on the Diamondbacks. And as I mentioned a little earlier in the opener, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers to hit golf course in next installment of the match. This is from Aaron Walsh of Yard Barker. This broke earlier this afternoon. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady and Green Bay Packers signal caller Aaron Rodgers will have the opportunity to square off once again. This time it won't be on the football field. Brady and Phil Mickelson, who uh, had a hell of a weekend last weekend at 50 years old, uh, will team up to take on Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau in the latest installment of the match in Montana on July 6th. Brady appears to be pretty excited for the competition. He was doing quite a bit of trolling uh, today on Rodgers. He said, uh, two old guys against the young bucks um, at Phil Mickelson and at uh, DeChambeau. Better get used to laying up because we know Aaron Rodgers, 12, isn't going for it. And that was a dig to the reference (laughs) when uh, LaFleur did and go for that uh, field goal when they were trailing by eight in that NFC playoff game early, uh, you know, last uh, in January. So, have you all come around to my side of the story finally? But speaking of Sonny's side of things, how about Damon's side of things? Have you all come around to my side that Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback of the Packers next year? Yeah, I think they'll come to this oh, since okay. it's big day. I think you're correct on that. Okay, thank uh, even you though, much. even though the OTAs this week for the Green Bay Packers, he was vacationing with his fiance in Hawaii. So, uh, but I don't that's know what's not going a, that's not unheard of. Yeah, yeah that's true. Star and, and, quarterbacks don't go to OTAs. Yeah, and they are optional. Unless although, your last name is Brady. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's that. We'll keep an eye on that, but that won't be till July. And Wayne Gretzky, as we had mentioned uh, the other night with him resigning from the uh, administration of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, he's joining Turner Sports as NHL studio analyst. This is an AP report. I'm excited. Wayne Gretzky is my all-time favorite player, even though I love the Islanders. There's nobody like the great one. And he's headed from the front office to cable television studio. Turner Sports has reached a multi-year agreement with Wayne Gretzky to be a studio analyst when its coverage of the NHL begins in October. He will appear during key moments in the regular season, including opening week and the Winter Classic, and then throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Turner's seven-year agreement begins next season. Besides regular season and playoff games, it also includes 2023, 2025, and 2027 Stanley Cup final on the TNT Cable Network. Gretzky said during a telephone interview with the AP that the opportunity to join Turner, as well as some of the other changes, led to this being the perfect time to move into an analyst role. Gretzky and his wife Janet moved to Missouri earlier this year to be closer to his mother-in-law, who turns 100 hundred in August. So wow. goes those goes Gretzky. That family has some genes, I'll tell you. Uh, beautiful wife, beautiful daughter. Uh, so, and one more big D. Trey Young's fear of birds could be best chance for Knicks to rattle him. This is from Jenna Lemoncelli of New York Post Sports, right from the New York Post. The Hawks point guard, who has become the Garden's newest villain after his late floater led to a game one win over the Knicks on Sunday, is terrified of birds. That could be just enough leverage for all 15,000 Knicks fans to show up to Game 2 on Wednesday night with an arsenal of bird jokes. Young, in a 2017 interview with CBS Sports, explained his fear of birds, a condition known as orinthophobia. Uh, We were in New Zealand and would go to the beaches and all that stuff, Young told the outlet while discussing an apparent college trip with his Oklahoma team. He went on to discuss past experience with the birds, all of which contributed to his phobia. Uh, You know, birds would be friendly to people. I hate birds. All you see is the ocean, the sand, and birds flying over you, the birds trying to eat crabs in the sand, and they're all next to you. Long story short, the guy's got a real phobia of birds, and we all know Mr. Rickia has uh, a lot of birds. Uh, some Nick fans are already campaigning on Twitter for owner, team owner James Dolan to allow live birds in the garden. Uh, as soon as he entered MSG on Sunday, Young was greeted with F. Trey Young, a uh, chance that only yeah, became... Louder. I told you. <laughs> yeah, as game one of the first round play. Anyway, with 0.9 seconds, he sunk the floater, and the fan, and then he mouths to the fans. It's quiet as a F in here. And, uh, you know, Young made comments after the Hawks 107-105 win in the Garden. Uh, in a post-Zoom call, he added, at the end of the day, fans can only talk. They can't guard me. They're not out there playing. So I guess he's the new Reggie Miller of the Garden and Spike Lee. So we'll keep an eye. But I tell you, I'd love to see some birds in that Garden tonight. I'd like to see Trey Young go for about 60 if you want to know what I'd like to see. Yeah, big D. Not, not, not rooting for your New York Knicks, huh? No, they're not my New York Knicks at all. Every phony in the world sits there in the front row like they're Knicks fans, and they don't care. They just want to be on camera. Yeah. Oh, please. Yep. <laughs> and that's a wrap in sports, big D. All right, very good, Rick. We'll do more sports. We'll do more news. Um, well, I'm going to show you Dr. Fauci uh, under the questioning of Senator Kennedy to, uh, yesterday, actually, I think it was. By the way, the reviews coming in on Sunny are just out of this world. Fantastic so far. As I'm not surprised by. Um, It was a good first start. But uh, Dr. Fauci, I will show you. We'll have a crazy town. We've got lots to do. We'll go into the briefing room. You'll you'll wish Jen Psaki back. (laughs) I know that's hard to believe, but you will. Um, And lots to do here in hour two. Live from Studio 6B. On a Wednesday night. And I'm going to try one more time. <laughs> there it is. going to say you're losing your touch. Nice touch.
Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Hour 2. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's going to do some more news. Rick Amorati will have sports. I got a lot of things to cover, including that weasel Dr. Fauci getting questioned by Senator Kennedy. Squirming there, trying to answer questions. The Stormy Daniels of medicine. Um... And I got just a bunch of things to get to here, but let's start hour two here before we get to Fauci. Let's start with doing a little news. Uh, Sunny side of things debuted tonight with Sunny Joy Nelson, and she was fantastic in the reviews so far from our just fantastic G. They absolutely love her. And by the way, she can do more than one thing. Just, just this question of the day is just to kind of ease her in, get used to this craziness on this show, but. I've seen her doing um, scripted, you know, real hardcore issue stuff. She's great. So she's going to be fantastic on this show as we continue to kind of find a spot for her. So, all right, let's do the news uh, with Rick Delgado sitting in for Paul Nolan, who's off tonight. What's going on, pal? Well, the big um, ugly story of the day coming out of California where uh, today... Nine people were killed in a San Jose, in San Jose in a Valley Transportation Authority light rail maintenance yard. The nine dead are eight shooting victims and the shooter, said Russell Davis, the deputy at Santa Clara County Office of the Sheriff. This from coming from Just the News. Davis said officers entered the facility, which also includes a call center at about 6.30 a.m. local time as part of an active shooting response. He did not say whether the shooter took his own life or was killed by the officers. Um, the shooter has been identified by Fox News as Samuel Cassidy, a transportation authority employee. So he was somebody who worked there and had easy access to get in and out. Uh, County Sheriff Lori Smith, who joined Davis at the press conference, said investigators have yet to determine what sparked the attack and that she would not speculate on a motive. She commended the brave officers for their response and said, my heart goes out to the victims of the families. Um, So, again, that ugly story coming out of California with the mass shooting where eight people plus the the guy who did the shooting, the, the shooter, uh, make it nine, are dead, unfortunately. Yeah, terrible story. And, of course, um, the Democrats are, are already lining up to not let any gun crisis go to waste so that they can push their gun agenda. And on the same day that Biden had his ATF nominee, David Chipman, who... Um, Terrible. Was really scary. Here's just one exchange with Senator Cut 28G. Here's one exchange with Senator Cruz. This was after somebody, I don't know if it was Cruz, somebody asked him to describe what an assault weapon is, and he couldn't do it. Yeah, I think it was Tom Cotton asked him that. Okay. Well, here's what Senator Cruz asked him. Cut 28G. Roll it. Mr. Chipman, a minute ago, uh, Senator Whitehouse asked you if any of your views on guns are out of step with the majority of the American people. Um, they are, they are 15 is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun. It's a rifle. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? Senator, uh, thank you for the question and thank you for our visit yesterday <laughs> and offering me a Dr. Pepper. It made me reminisce about my time in Central Texas. But now <laughs> to your uh, question. Uh, with respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as, um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill. 
uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon, um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. Um, as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws and the books, and right now um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. Oof. I mean, there you go. Nothing to try to read between the lines there. Nothing to kind of, not really sure where he stands. There you go. He likes Dr. Pepper, though. That was important for him to mention. I'm not exactly sure why, the, why they do that. I mean, maybe they're get, gathering their stupid thoughts on what they're going to say. I, 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 don't, I never understand why they just can't. Just answer the damn question. Just answer what I asked you. Just answer. Well, I, don't the, need, I, don't, I don't need a, a, a soliloquy going into the answer. Well, they're tr- they're, they're tr- or these niceties. Just answer the damn question. They're trying to flood the zone with other stupid comments so you don't hear what they're, they're trying not to answer. They're trying not to answer the question. So they, exactly. fill in, they, they filibuster with all this other nonsense. Oh, and, you know, it was great meeting you, and, the, and we shared yep. the Dr. Pepper. It was whatever nice. Um, and, uh, you know, your kids, oh, that picture on your – who cares, dude? Answer the question, yes or no. They should really hold them to yes or no. I don't want to hear – I don't want to hear you go into detail about what you feel, your emotion. Nobody cares. It's yes or no, Senator. You know, this, this whole discussion is just another thing that the left has taken control of the actual nomenclature. Assault weapons and this and that. It's just another discussion where they've taken control of the actual language to scare people into to try to use it to push their, to push their uh, na- narrative and their side of what they want. It's just another thing where they've taken the length, where they just, they've taken control of the language. They make up these terms. They use it to propagandize and scare people and try to get to, uh, well, he, I mean, he made, again, there's nothing to decipher there. He told you he supports a ban on the most popular, popular, um, rifle that's used in this country to defend, uh, people's property, houses, self-defense, sport shooting, whatever. So there you go. All right, what else is going on in the news? Uh, you'll like this one. A judge on Tuesday approved a deferred prosecution deal for two federal judge guards. Guards? Hmm, who were they guarding? Uh, who failed to monitor sex offender Jeffrey Epstein on August uh, in August of 2019 night that the wealthy investor hanged himself in his cell. Sure he did. Uh, where he was being held on child sex trafficking charges. The agreement means that the two guards, Tova Noel and Michael Thomas, will escape a conviction and potential jail sentence for pending criminal charges against him if they comply with the terms of the deal set forth by the U.S. Attorney's Office of Southern District of New York. Now, check out these conditions. This is, this is hardcore stuff for these two. Uh, those conditions include performing 100 hours of community service, being monitored by pretrial supervision officials for six whole months, and cooperating with a pending ju- uh, Justice Department probe of Epstein's death. As part of the deal, Noel and Thomas admitted lying on documents that claimed they had monitored Epstein's cell and those of other inmates on the night of August 9th and August 10th, 2019, at the Manhattan Correctional Center. Prosecutors have said the guards failed to regularly check the prisoners as scheduled and instead surfed the Internet, browsed sporting news and sales of furniture and motorcycles. They also appear to have... 
well, been asleep for about two hours during their shift. Kind of, kind of handy when uh, you know somebody ends up dead. Yeah, um, uh, if Noel and Thomas fully comply with the terms of the agreement, the government will move to dismiss the indictment against them, and uh, they can go on with their happy lives. And of course, you know, what do you think? Do you think they'll comply with these uh, these really stringent terms that they're under? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, because uh, they, they made it very, very hard. You can see 100 hours of community service. Woo! That's going to be tough to do. Six months of being watched. Um, yeah, and if you keep your mouth shut and people don't find out what really happened, we'll let you walk free. Epstein 66 is the former friend of Bill Clinton and was being held on uh, without bail on sex charges at the time of his death. He was being held in a special unit in the jail reserved for inmates who are at increased risk from or to other inmates in the general population of the facility. Weeks before his suicide, he was found unresponsive in a cell in the same jail as a result of an apparent first suicide attempt. Epstein was briefly placed on a suicide watch following that incident. Uh, back to uh, Chipman for one second, the ATF nominee there. Um, Tyler O'Neill today in PJ Media said, seems rather fitting that Biden, who said he would tap Beto O'Rourke, Quote, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, uh, O'Rourke, that's that Beto, uh, take care of the gun problem with me. He says it's uh, fitting that he now nominates an ATF director who wants to ban AR-15s. Chipman's responses during the confirmation hearing got even more uh, ominous for American gun owners. Senator Tom Cotton pressed the ATF nominee on his public support for an assault weapons ban. He said, quote, Cotton said, you have called for an assault weapons ban. I have a simple question for you. What is an assault weapon? Cotton asked. Senator, quote, this is Chipman. Senator, an assault weapon would be in the context of your question you asked what Congress defines it as. Chipman <laughs> squirmed in his seat. You're asking us to ban assault weapons. We have to write legislation. Can you tell me what is an assault weapon? This is Cotton again. How would you define it? How have you defined it over the last several years in your role as a gun control advocate? Rather than providing an answer to how Chipman would define an assault weapon, quote-unquote, he discussed one specific situation in which the ATF defined the term extremely broadly. The ATF in one program, he said, quote, defined an assault rifle as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine, above the caliber of 22 which would include a, uh, a 223 which is largely the ar-15 round chipman explained cotton pressed him asking whether any rifle with quote a detachable magazine that takes a five uh, 556 or a 22 round should be described as an assault weapon chipman again attempted to dodge the question saying he was merely quote sharing with you my knowledge about the atf case cotton expressed astonishment Noting that Chipman's definition, quote, and I'm, there's a reason because this is where they want to go, would basically cover every single sporting rifle in America today, which is kind of the point. So just I wanted to, I did have that article. I wanted to give you that. So, all right, what else, Rick, in the news? Uh, one of your favorite Republicans, Damon Alaska's Senator Lisa Murkowski. Well, she is joining fellow GOP Senator 
Mitt Romney. No, are you support, kidding? Yeah, they're getting together oh. uh, to support the creation of an independent commission to investigate January 6th Capitol breach. Yeah, well, sure. Murkowski said of the bill, I'm going to support it. Yeah. The Senate is split 50-50, of course, between Democrats and Republicans, which means Democrats will need the support of eight more Republicans to pass a measure, or they could attempt a legislative tactic to pass a measure. Collins, with a Romney, majority. Kinzinger. Um, chain. Well, Kins- uh, Kinsinger is a representative. He's not in Senate. Oh, there's a Senate. Collins, Murkowski. What do they need? How many Republicans? They need eight. There's definitely eight that'll fold like a cheap suit. Definitely. Well, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said Tuesday senators hope to vote this week before leaving Washington for the Memorial Day recess, which, of course, is, uh, I guess, going to be starting. I guess they're going to be leaving tomorrow, tomorrow night. So look for a vote that could be happening on this sometime before Friday. The big insurrection, remember, that there was one, not one single weapon was found. As the um, Secret Service director of whatever her department was, as she testified for Senator Ron Johnson, and he asked her, was there any weapon recovered? Not, not one. It's quite the insurrection, not one single weapon. more news we'll get to uh crazy town we'll get to senator kennedy with dr fauci as well at the bottom of the hour live from studio 6b glad you're in on a tuesday night from Studio 6B. So um, Dr. Fauci was testifying and Senator Kennedy got about five minutes with him. Uh, you got this, she's 34. And um, here's how it went. Roll that. Uh, Dr. Fauci, I believe you have testified that, uh, that uh, you didn't give any money to the Wuhan lab to conduct gain-of-function research. Is that right? That is correct. How do you know they didn't lie to you? Excuse me, sir? How do you know they didn't <laughs> lie to you and use the money for gain-of-function research anyway? Well, we've seen the results of the experiments that were done and that were published and that the viruses that they um, uh, studied are on public databases now. So none of that was gain of function. So how do you know they didn't do the research and uh, not put it on their website? There's no way of guaranteeing that. But in our experience with grantees, including Chinese grantees, which we've had interactions with for a very long period of time, they're very competent, trustworthy scientists. I'm not talking about anything else in China. I'm talking about the scientists that you would expect that they would abide by the conditions of the grant, which they've done for the years that we've had interactions. So you don't think the Chinese would lie to you? Well, when you say the Chinese, the Chinese are a rather broad group. I know the scientists that we've dealt with have been trustworthy. Mm -hmm. You think all the scientists uh, have told the truth in terms of the origin of the Wuhan virus and not been influenced 
by the Communist Party of China, do you? I don't have enough insight into the Communist Party in China to know the interactions right. between them and the scientists, sir. Okay, right. hold on. Let's let's get a Why let's get a let's get a quarter quarter poll report here. <laughs> um, Rick Delgado, do you think he's uh, squirming and lying already? Uh, he doesn't look as you know when uh, he was talking to Rand Paul last week. He doesn't look as fiery. He looks a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Do you think Dr. Fauci believes that the scientists in China? are somehow independent of the murderous uh, dictator regime um, in what they tell them to say and do. <laughs> do you think he actually believes that? Uh, no, but he'll lie about it. Okay. All right. Rick Amorati, do you think he's lying so far? I think Quack Quack looks like his goose is about to be cooked. He okay. is squirming. All right. Let's continue, G. Here we go. Giving him money in the first place. Well, that's a very good question, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to answer it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, SARS-CoV-1 started in China, in Guangdong province, and it went from a bat to a civet cat to yes, a human. Yes, and excuse me, Doc, for interrupting you, but our time is so Yeah, limited. no, no, I'm, I'm going to be real quick. <laughs> I, our time is so limited. Why are we giving money to the labs in China to study virology. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a rather succinct answer to that, sir. I appreciate that. And that's why I was saying the SARS-CoV-1, clearly the bats that have the viruses, that are the coronaviruses, are in China. As I said a couple of times, it's not in Fairfax County, Virginia, or is it in New York? It's in China. So if you want to show and study, importantly, the animal-human interface. Because that's where the bats are. Yeah, the okay. bats. We're, that's I got where it. the bats are. I want to be sure I understand your testimony. You didn't give money to the Wuhan lab to do gain-of-function research. That is correct. And you believe they didn't do gain-of-function research because they told you they didn't. We've seen the results of the studies that they conducted and they were not including any private studies excuse me in including any private studies i'm not sure what you're getting at sir I, I, well, here's what i'm getting at you gave them money and you said don't do gain of function yeah. research how correct. do you know they didn't and they said we won't correct and you ha have no way of knowing whether they did or not except you trust them is that right well we generally always trust the grantee to do what they say and you look at the results have you ever had a grantee lie to you i cannot guarantee that a grantee has not lied to us because you never know <laughs> yeah can we agree that if you took president xi jinping and turned him upside down and shook him the World Health Organization would fall out of the <laughs> I don't think I can answer that question, sir. I'm sorry. Well, do you think that the uh, President Xi Jinping has undue influence over the World Health Organization, do you? I, I have no way of knowing the influence of the President of China over the WHO. Okay, so you think the WHO is a completely independent body, level playing field, call it like you see it, 
and they really want to get to to, to the bottom of the origin of the virus. Do you believe that? <laughs> My interaction with the WHO and for Dr. Tedros, the Director General, has been one okay. that I do believe he's a person of high degree of integrity. I want to I want to ask one last question. Why, why did you guys spike, not guys and ladies? Why did y'all spike the prior administration's uh, investigation into the origins? of the coronavirus and whether it could have uh, come out of the Wuhan lab? Sir, I, I, we did not spike anything in the prior administration. I'm not sure what you mean by spike, but we have no influence. The State Department spiked the, the, the prior administration's right. uh, study. But that has nothing to do with the National Institutes of so Health. So they didn't consult with y'all? They did not. Did they consult with you, Dr. Collins? I read about it in the press this morning. Doc? They just spiked it without talking to their experts? You don't want to answer that one, do you? <laughs> I just read about it. Thank you, Madam Chair. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Yeah, that's the new. That part is the news of the day. Uh, I think they might need to order some uh, freedom of information emails. Yeah, they say around a picture, that time. What do they say? A picture, uh, whatever paints a thousand worlds. Well, oh, that, yeah. His face does that. And his uh, unwillingness to answer that question tells you all you need to know. Yeah, and remember, it was, uh, it was Rand Paul, again, questioning Fauci about this Dr. Ralph Barrick, this uh, virologist who's known his major work is gain of function. Meanwhile, Fauci's like, yeah, we were, we were giving him money. But you knew he was doing gain of function. Well, he, we told him not to. Well, Fauci's whole position on trust and, oh, we got the results, like like that was the only thing they were doing and like they couldn't have possibly been doing anything else is, is I mean, you know what Kennedy's sitting there thinking. He's trying to be nice about it, but he's just, yeah, yeah, your mind? You don't think they, po I mean, hello, you know what we're dealing with here? So we know where he was going. So uh, anything in the news quickly, Rick, before, because next segment, I'm going to get to Crazy Town and I want to get to this thread um about COVID-19 and the origins of it and remind you of what some of the press coverage has been like all right well we got this real quick one since we are talking about coronavirus it says a mild coronavirus infection leaves behind lasting antibody protection according to research this was something we were talking about last night especially with that email that came in even a mild case of coronavirus could leave people with lifelong protection against the virus a new study suggests with researchers calling Previous reports that immunity was not long-lived following infection, a misinterpretation, what a surprise, of the data. In the study conducted by Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis and published just on May 24th, the Journal of Nature, researchers, researchers took bone marrow samples from 18 of 77 participants who signed up to give live blood samples at a three-month interval starting about a month after the initial infection. The bone marrow samples were taken uh, between seven and eight months and five of the 18 participants that gave the second marrow uh, samples four months later the team compared the samples taken from the people while the antibody levels in the in the blood of the people who had previous infection did drop quickly in the first few months before leveling off some antibodies were detectable even 11 months after the infection so as you can see there's a lot of uh, a lot of good studies coming out saying if you've had it you're probably pretty good you don't need a you don't need a vaccine. One out of John Hopkins as well. John Hopkins professor said half of Americans have natural immunity dismissing it is the biggest failure of medical research by Tyler Durden in Zero Hedge five time. I'll get to that as well.
live from Studio 6B, Crazy Town time. Jen Psaki looked different today, but <laughs> sounded the same is the entitle of uh, today's Crazy Town. Roll it, G. Hi, everybody. Hello. Back in early 2020, the president called for the CDC to get access to China to learn about the virus so we could fight it more effectively. Getting to the bottom of the origin is this, of this pandemic will help us understand how to prepare for the next pandemic and the next one. The president um, has, made, uh, has made a decision to make sure that to get to the core, right, to really figure out where, this, this, where did the origin come from, to do this additional 90-day review uh, after, after asking his team to look into it into March, uh, in March. I have it here somewhere. We still don't have, we still don't know all of the details, but that, but what's clear, as the president has said, is that we are suffering from an epidemic of gun violence in this country. Look, you know, as, as we all know, this is uh, negotiations uh, working in this really funny way. <laughs> we make an offer, they make a counter, and then we counter. So as you all know, we made, an, we made our offer and our, and our counter, and we're waiting to hear from Republicans, which we're hearing will happen shortly. Uh, we understand that this is a town that hasn't seen a whole lot of bipartisanship over the last few years, last four years to be exact. Uh, but this president is committed to trying to end that, which is why you have seen us continue to negotiate in good faith. Um, <laughs> clearly the president <laughs> believes in, in representation matters. Sure. Um, and I appreciate him giving me this opportunity. Uh, and it's, a, it's another reason why I think we are all so proud that this is the most diverse administration in history. Well, I, I think this is going to be the process, right? Bit. They have yeah. 90 days to kind of, you know, get a deeper look um, on on uh, on this, uh, and then we'll have a better sense uh, a better sense of, of where to take this next. We've been clear uh, that sound and technical and sound and technically th critical theory should be thoroughly evaluated and data before we can give a full uh, pronouncement. He asked his team. Uh, to to look into it and come up with a kind of a menu of options on how to move forward. So we don't have anything yet yet to to uh, to, to to read out on that. Uh, he said it in his speech, his joint speech, uh, joint his speech, joint uh, speech um, oh, in Congress, right? His joint yeah. Congress speech. How confident is the president that even without Chinese cooperation, that the U.S. can get to the bottom of this in the, in the United States? Well, we. Yeah, we, we got to keep, you know, we got to keep working on it. I mean, this is what he's asking his intelligence community to do. Um, we will review and reassess all of this in 90 days once we get that uh, get that review back from, from the intelligence community. And just to step back for a second, um, Nord Stream uh, was like 95% done, right? So the, uh, before he even stepped in. Um, oh, and, you know, so. I talked earlier about diplomacy. There, sometimes you have to do things uh, in a in a, in a in a different way. What does he want 
from this yeah. point on, as he said, I hope we can work on how they handle it from this point on. What is he talking about? Yeah, I, I don't have any specifics to share with you. As you could imagine, <laughs> a lot yet. of these conversations uh, be happen behind closed doors. Um, but I think he was trying to share his thoughts on this um, and where we can, you know, how he really truly wants to figure out a, a path forward. Has he got a message to China that I would like more cooperation? Is, are you asking China to step up in these 90 days, or is it okay? Well, we've been working, you know, speaking closely with WHO, right? They're the ones who are here. They're the global um, kind of the global entity bringing us all together. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Well, so just a kind of a rough day for, I think it's pronounced Corinne. Corinne Saki? Not the same last name? Well, Corinne, Corinne, Corinne or Corinne, Corinne or Corinne. Um, well, she well her, her answer on the China thing is, um, do we have that specific clip? Thirty-one. Yeah, let's go 31, G, because this, this is the one that um, really is unbelievable. Roll that. We received a statement on the origins of COVID-19 from the president where he said, among other things, that this report may include specific questions for China. Given China's lack of transparency as it relates to the WHO uh, joint study, why does President Biden think that China would answer the questions that the U.S. wants as it relates to the origin of COVID-19? Look, the COVID-19 pandemic has taken, I think, 1.3 million lives globally, uh, 600,000 American lives about. Uh, and it's imperative that we get to the bottom of just where the pandemic originated, not just for the purposes of understanding this pandemic, but the pandemics to come, as I've, I've already kind of alluded to. Um, and so this is something that we're going to, you know, continue to have conversations on. This is a global effort. It's not just United States alone as we're working with the WHO. Uh, this is our process here with the 90 day uh, that I just mentioned review. Uh, but we're just going to continue to work with WHO and uh, and uh, WHO is going to continue to to work with China on this. So I understand why we want it to get done. But why just, just hold it for a second. <laughs> just, just hold it for a second. Even up to there. The idea that the WHO would be reliable or give any answers that we could rely upon or be straight with us is laughable. Furthermore, the idea that there, the WHO, that they are now going to go to China and get straight answers to re what? Report back to us? Like that, that's the plan? We're gonna work with the WHO and they're gonna work with Xi? And we think that this is going to bring some enlightenment to the origins of COVID-19. That's the plan coming from the Biden administration. That's the transparency he thinks we're going to get. That's what we're looking for here. This is her answer. This is who's going to take over for Jen Psaki when she leaves, most likely. Oh, no. This is the answer. We're going to rely on the WHO. We're going to rely upon China to tell us. And Fauci will be there going, well, I got no reason not to trust them, you know. Are they really, uh... This is, uh, this is the method we're going to take to get the right answers here. Does seems, this sound reasonably uh, good to anybody? Seems pretty solid. Seems like they got a good plan. Oh, that's right, because they, they, they've got stuff on Biden and Hunter. Oops. 
guess they can't really press their advantage there. Well, even if they didn't, that's not the point. That the, the point is, even if they didn't, which they probably do, you're probably right about that. I, I don't necessarily think that factors in. The idea that they're going to be truthful, even if they don't have that, is idiotic. That the WHO is going to be truthful is idiotic. Well, yeah, that's, that part is idiotic. Uh, relying on China to be truthful, that's idiotic. And having these two collaborating together, that's double idiotic. All right, continue with that, G, because it gets worse. It doesn't get it any gets better. Worse? Awesome. We want it to get done, but why do we think that China would cooperate? You know, this is uh, this is something that you have to ask the Chinese government, right? This is something that should be important. It should should matter wait, to wait, them. Wait, wait. But who who a- has to ask them? <laughs> the news. Peter Alexander has to ask them. <laughs> who has to ask them? What does that mean? Ridiculous. What kind of an answer is that? This is something you have to ask. Is she specifically telling Peter Alexander she, that he has to do it? Yeah, you can't ask us to ask them because that's you know you know we can't do that. Um, that's not, you're going to have to go ahead and do that. Let this, us know. Let us know what they say. This president has spent more time with President Xi than any American politician in history. He's told us that 49 times. You know, I. Uh, I've spent more time with G than any, they tell me. We've heard that from him over and over. But now Peter Alexander has to ask. Yeah, and on the campaign trail, I saw somebody play a clip today of Biden's, you know, kind of kind of pointing his finger, you know, being all angry old Joe and saying, I'm going to get right on, the, if I'm elected, I'm going to get right on the phone with G and, and get to the bottom of this. How's that going, old Joe? 500,000 plus people have died. And by the way, as a side note, over 30% of them, maybe closer to 35, I heard the number the other day, I don't, have, have happened on Joe Biden's watch. I know no one wants to talk about that because every death prior to January 20th was laid at the feet of President Trump. Every single one on every network, every day, every number, every graphic, every story. Well, 35% of these deaths have happened on Joe Biden's watch now. So where's the discussion about that? Where are the graphics? Well, they're nowhere. But putting that aside, her answer is so abysmal on this question on so many levels. The idea that this is some private conversation, this is the president of the United States that we hired, that we pay. This is 500,000 Americans dead from a virus that was released from this country. The idea that we can't get answers or this is just, uh, well, yeah, Peter, you know, you're going to have to. No, no, that's that's no, that's not not acceptable. It shouldn't be even acceptable to Peter Alexander, which I will hear with the rest of this, but that's not acceptable. That's not private. This is not a private conversation between the president who knows this guy the best, who spent more time with than anyone else. He should be able to get a damn answer and walk in that room and tell us what it is. Or tell us what he's going to do about it. Go ahead, finish this. 
question for them as well. The question for them. Specifically asked or made this ask of President Xi of China for their cooperation in this effort. I'm not not going to go into uh, details of private conversation that the president uh, may may have, may have had with with President Xi. No, he didn't. All I can say today is that we're going to do this 90 day review, and uh, this is what the president asked for, and we'll see where it takes us. Now, do you think you get that from Kayla? made this ask of the Chinese government more broadly. Again, I don't have anything uh, to prove. Okay, enough. I, I can't take any more. Good for Peter Alexander, by the way, who most of the time is a disaster. And he was with President Trump all the time. But good for him for at least semi-pressing her on this. And her answers are abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. You think Kayleigh McEnany would have walked in that room and said that? No. President Trump would have walked in that room and told us exactly what he's going to do and exactly when he's going to do it and what he's going to ask them, and he would have told us he's not letting them off the hook, and they're going to pay for it one way or the other. We would have got real transparency then, not this garbage. This is just more placating to his buddy. Yeah, and and trying to remove this as a headline by saying we're going to do a 90-day review. Well, let's see, 90 days from now, ah, that puts us right around the end of the summer. We're still going to be talking about it then? Probably not. They're trying to change the subject. They're trying to take your eyes off of the ball. That's the goal. Well, we're going to do a 90-day review. Oh, okay. What are you going to learn in 90 days you should already know? And to Rick's point, the, the, the other lingering question that, I'm sorry, maybe people won't talk about, but they should, is how Hunter Biden factors in here. And do they have something? And is there any conflict of interest here? Is there something Joe knows that he won't go to him? That question should be asked. And we should know what the answer is. to the hour time for sports and here with that's rick gamarotti what's going on pal all right big d nba action good game in the garden right now the knicks 81 78 over the hawks early fourth quarter trey young with 28 to lead all scorers derrick rose with 24 for the knicks garden is on fire that game is coming to a close knicks need that win to even the series atlanta's up one nothing the philadelphia 76ers won tonight over the washington wizards by 25 points 120 to 95 uh joel Embiid and uh, ben simmons had 22 each and shut it down after just 28 minutes they put it they rode the the bench the rest of the way as the Sixers cruised to a win. Bradley Beal for Washington with 33 to lead all scorers, but he had literally no help. Apparently, Russell Westbrook, as he was walking off the court, somebody poured a whole thing of popcorn on him, and it got very crazy. So I want to see the highlights of that, and I don't know what happened there, but those Philly fans, you got to watch out for them. I'm one of them. Uh, and the Grizzlies play the Utah Jazz tonight. Uh, Jazz looking to even that series as Memphis took game one. Game two tonight, 10 p.m. tip. They'll be tipping just about 12 minutes. NHL 
Shell action. Uh, well, the Islanders did pull it out 5-3 to three over the Penguins. Brock Nelson with two goals in the second period for the Islanders. The Islanders had two goals within 14 seconds. Uh, and the goaltender, Ilya Sorokin, for the Islanders, the rookie, 25-year-old rookie, he won all four games for the Islanders. I think he's got a job. Islanders take on the Boston Bruins next, and we'll have a schedule on that. believe that game will start this weekend. And uh, right now in uh, Amelie Arena down in Tampa, the Lightning are up 2-0 over the Florida Panthers, their neighbors, as they look to close that series out. The uh, Lightning lead the series 3-2. Stamkos and Kucherov, who else? The two staples, both have goals for Tampa, and uh, we'll see if the Panthers can come back. And we have another puck drop just a little while ago. Golden Knights, Vegas. Over to Minnesota Wild now. Well, it's nothing, nothing, but they're in Minnesota at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul. Great arena. I've been there before. And we go to the Major League Baseball. We A couple of rain delays tonight. Uh, Cincinnati Reds right now uh, in the mid-fourth. A trail of the Nationals, 3-0 in a rain delay. And it must be rain and weather around us as well as the Red Sox are up 7-4 over the Braves in the seventh rain delay. Oh, uh, another game just coming to an end there. The Cubs, 4-1 over the Pirates in the bottom of the ninth. Phillies right now lead the Marlins 2-1 in the eighth. Royals 1-1 in the ninth with the Rays, Indians, and Tigers. Good one. Pitches duel 0-0, eighth inning. Padres, Brewers, another pitcher deal, uh, pitching uh, duel, eighth uh, inning, 1-1. And Dodgers, Astros, 1-1 in the sixth. Giants and Diamondbacks just underway in Arizona. And uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence says, Tim Tebow is a guy you want to be around. This is an AP report from earlier today. Trevor Lawrence is exciting to have Tim Tebow as a teammate. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars signed Tebow last week, giving the former Florida star and 2007 Heisman Trophy winning quarterback an opportunity to revive his pro career as a tight end, catching passes from their rookie number one overall pick. He looks great, Lawrence said on the AP Pro Football Podcast. He's just a guy that you want to be around. Character is awesome. Had a few conversations with him and I could already tell and he's just a hard worker. No, no one is going to work harder than him. Those are the kind of guys you want in your locker room and you want to be around every day. And then I'm excited to see what he can do on the field as well. We got in a few days and he looks great. He is in awesome shape. The 33-year-old Tebow is returning to the NFL after playing baseball the past five seasons, 2016-2020 in the New York Mets organization. He's reuniting with Urban Meyer, his college coach and joining Lawrence on the Jacksonville offense so so that that take that critics because you got your number one rookie quarterback saying hey i like this guy what a fantastic move by urban meyer and i gotta tell you jacksonville jaguars they're gonna be slick rick's number two team i'm rooting for those guys i'm rooting for those underdogs well Stephen a smith says that he got the job because of his white privilege just so you just so you know yeah, I know. I, I I didn't take that story, Big D. But yeah, that's that's typical Stephen A. Smith. Nothing, you know. Always Actually, I, be provocative. I, see, I well, I don't know that it is. No, I don't know what's happened to him because I don't think that is typical. He's very. He's always provocative. Let's put it that way. He tries to be. I'm um, certainly with the, some of the other stuff. The the boxing, the cowboys. He's always got provocative comments. Yeah. All right. What else? All right. We got uh, well. What did, you, what did you expect? Joe West booed as he sets record with 5,376 games as an umpire. This is the all-time amount of games, 80-year record that was broke. This is from Bob Nightingale of USA Today. Uh, 
Uh, uh, nothing like the life of an umpire. Here is Joe West on the greatest, most emotional night of his career, breaking the all-time record with his 5,376 game as an umpire last night. And the moment he steps onto the field before the St. Louis Cardinals-Chicago White Sox game, he's lustily booed. He goes, well, what do you expect, James Bond, his childhood friend from Greenville, North Carolina? Hey, James Bond. It's emotional for all of us, but not for the fans or players. Uh, the moment a video trip ended at Guaranteed Rate Field, one teenager stood in the aisle and yelled, Joe West, he's the worst umpire I've ever seen. But anyway, he had great tribute. Um, he had, uh, uh, let's see, who's there? A couple of, well, Emily, who, Emily Harris was there, Jim McMahon, the San Diego Chicken, and, uh, you know, it was a great tri- tribute. The, uh, the Oak Ridge <laughs> oh, Wow, what a lineup. Hey, <laughs> Big D. Go Chicken. I didn't wow. finish. Come on, dude. Did the they Oak- invite Richard Marks there to sing? I mean, <laughs> the Oak Ridge Boys were there to sing the National Anthem. Oh. Yeah, wow. that's a big one now. Okay. Just hold your horses there, big guy. Okay. And uh, the Oak Ridge Boys. And, and Soupy they, uh, Sales was on. They yeah, Elvira Soupy, as he Soupy out Sales emceed the joint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, one more, and this is an important one. Okay. Kicker Adam Vinatieri, uh, NFL's all-time leader, score, uh, kicking scorer, retiring after 24, se- 24 seasons. This is from Mike Wells of Yahoo Sports. Mm-hmm. Kicker Adam Vinatieri, the NFL's all-time leading scorer, announced Wednesday on the Pat McAfee show that he's retiring after 24 seasons. By Friday, if paperwork goes in, you heard it here first. Vinatieri told McAfee, his friend and former teammate with the Indianapolis Colts, Vinatieri, 48, a three-time Pro Bowl selection, and a first-team All-Pro pick three times, scored 2,673 points, and made a record 599 field goals for the New England Patriots and Indianapolis, where he played his 14 final seasons. He made 29 game-winning kicks in his career, with three of them coming into the Patriots, uh, coming with the Patriots from '96 to 2005. He made a game winner in blizzard-like conditions against Oakland. Remember that game, 2001, guys, 20 years ago, that AFC playoff game that with Brady in the snow. That was incredible. No kicker has more Super Bowl rings than Vinatieri's four, three with the Patriots and one with the Colts. He played in 365 games, second behind Morton Anderson, another legend, with 382, and is only the uh, is, is and is the only player in league history to top the 1,000 point mark with two different franchises. So, good luck to him. 24 seasons. I think there's a bust for him in Canton in a few years. I really do. Um, you're probably right. It's probably two seasons too long since. He looked like me kicking it last year. Yeah, well, he, he didn't actually. The year before. He didn't kick last year. He kicked in 2019. Last yeah. year, they shelved him with a knee injury. But uh, he's a legend. I think he's going to be in Hall of Fame big day. I think he probably will be, too. Yeah. But uh, he probably should have hung it up about three years ago. But, you know, some of these guys, they just they don't know what else they're going to do. So yep. it's, like, uh, it's like Brady, by the way. Not that he should, because he's playing at an all-time level. He's but, coming off a Super Bowl win, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's a rapid sports, Big D. All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, anything else in news, Rick? Uh, maybe a little thing if you if you want me to go to it real quick. This one, uh, by way of Representative Elon Omar out of Minnesota, turns oh, out great. her climate activist daughter, uh, Isra Hershey, the 18-year-old daughter of the representative, added a communist hammer and sickle to her Twitter bio the other day and has openly called for a communist revolution online. What's the news in this? <laughs> she has also co-founded U.S. Youth Climate Strike and has received fawning coverage from the liberal media outlets as an infamous symbol of her profile. At some point in the last three weeks, she's changed. In addition to this, a year ago, she openly called for a communist revolution and is reportedly in charge of writing some of her mother's own tweets. So, yeah, so that's, that's something. Yeah. She'll be attending Columbia University in New York City this fall and has four more years of indoctrination lined up. So that should be fun. To all of that, I say, um, uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Where's the news? Well, 
Because that shouldn't come as too much of a surprise to, well, anyone. Well, when you consider that she's uh, writing some of her mom, uh, mom's tweets, sure. and her mom is a U.S. representative, you would think that might get someone's attention. Well, yeah. Not surprising. Not any of it. Uh, especially the hammer and sickle. Um, well, all right. Well, I want to thank everybody on the show, and I want to thank Sonny Joy Nelson. Sonny's uh, side of things uh, was great. She'll be back tomorrow night. As always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us here in the greatest country in the world. Thanks, Sheet. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Thanks most of all to you, the live from Studio 6B audience. Thanks for your emails tonight. We always enjoy reading those. And we'll do some more tomorrow night. We'll see you at 8 p.m. We will be off, by the way, Monday Memorial Day. We'll be with you tomorrow and Friday. And then we'll be off on Monday. Hope you enjoyed the Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.